It's the Emeritus with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. It's almost unbelievable that Trump has extricated the U.S. from the Iran nuclear deal. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. Welcome to the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Yes, dissecting the issues, news, politics, and opinion. As right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree, we need to be having conversations in America. Be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails. I'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming guest topics and important events. And uh, I'm the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well, offering you a conservatarian perspective. Would greatly appreciate it if you would like and follow me. Uh, I'm very excited about our event Monday, March 25th, Vino and Veritas. I'm partnering with Dr. Tom Cranowitter, Bethany, and his whole team, plus Jen Hewlin, owner of Water's Edge Winery in Centennial, to bring you Vino and Veritas, wine and truth. What could be better than that? Dr. Cranowitter is creating a fascinating lecture series on the Federalist Papers. We need to know why we believe what we believe. And we're meeting the fourth Monday of each month throughout 2019. The good news is we are sold out. The good news is that Vino and Veritas Castle Rock will start this month. They're going to meet on the fourth Sunday of each month. So email me at Kim and um, to sign up. You'll be very pleased that you did. And in order to have these intelligent, reasonable conversations, we need to know why we believe what we believe and articulate that with friends, family, and colleagues. So Vino and Veritas is a great place to start. We appreciate our presenting sponsors. January was Harmony Ridge Construction, building homes, and usually making friends in the process. February's presenting sponsor was Susan Kochevar, owner of the historic 88 Drive-In Theater. We'll be talking with Susan in the second, third, and fourth segment about her role with Job Creators Network. And then spring is right around the corner. Susan plans to open the historic 88 Drive-In Theater sometime later in March. And then March's presenting sponsor for Vino and Veritas is Heidi Ganahl and her free-to-be coalition promoting free speech and diversity of thought. And if you would like to be a presenting sponsor, just email me at kim at americhicks.com. So, Producer Steve, are you ready for today's funny? Oh, bring it on. Okay. A communist official is visiting a farm, and he goes to the farmer and asks how the harvest is. The farmer responds, we have so many potatoes. If you stack the potatoes side by side, they would go on forever until they reach the feet of God. The official responds dumbfoundedly, but there is no God. And the farmer responds, well, there aren't any potatoes either. (laughs) And your little note of inspiration today. (laughs) Is that two days in a row you're, you know, picking on the communist? (laughs) <laughs> Wasn't yesterday kind of a... Yeah, I, I actually have been... Uh, I, I was at Liberty Toastmasters on Saturday, and I've got to get this book. Apparently, it's a humorous book. It's called Hammer and Tickle. And it's <laughs> uh, jokes about um, uh, you know communism and socialism. And I thought, you know, it, humor is such a great way to make a point. 
And, you know, the shortages of uh, socialism and communism, you know, the shortages of food, toilet paper, I think it's a good way to get the message across and have a little humor about it as well. So I'm going to pick on socialists and communists on a regular basis, Steve. Well, I think, uh, you know, knowing what's coming up in the next 18 months or so, that's probably a good thing. I think so. I think so. And uh, speaking of God, today is the first day of Lent. It's Ash Wednesday. Yes, I've heard uh, around town there are several uh, organizations that if you can't get out, they'll bring the ashes to you. Oh, you know, that's pretty cool for people that can't get out. That's a pretty neat deal. That's, that's, so, that's a new twist on Grubhub or something. <laughs> it, it is ashes to go, that's for sure. I tell you, uh, Americans are very creative, and it's wonderful that, you know, you have the mobility that you could have ashes to go, that they can come and come to you instead of if you can't get out and get to church. So that's a great thing. So Lent starts today. And uh, our, our inspiration, Calvin Coolidge, you know, he's in many ways, I think a lot of people don't, you know, don't go back and read. Calvin Coolidge was really a great president. He actually was able to reduce the deficit. Uh, and if you take a look at, at the uh, America's finances, it was a time of great prosperity. And uh, so he was a very good president. But he said this, Steve, he said, nothing in this world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. That's Calvin Coolidge, and that's your inspiration for today. Let's jump in here to uh, the news, the headlines. There is a lot going on. Steve, what's on your radar? Well, there's so much local stuff going on, and I think we kind of lean more towards the local. Just one na- uh, national item. It's rather humorous, at least to me. Uh, we all know that ever since the election back in November that AOC has been making you know the headlines and drawing all kinds of attention, and most of it is a giant headache to Ms. Nancy Pelosi, <laughs> the queen. So apparently the, recently there was a, a comment made by Michael Moore, of all people, that <clears throat> AOC was really becoming uh, the face of the Democratic Party, the, the leadership. And obviously uh, that's probably not going to set too well with Ms. Pelosi. <clears throat> you know, it's almost like get the popcorn. Let's watch this cat fight. It's going to get really interesting. Uh, you know, Governor Hickenlooper just recently uh, uh, announced that he's going to be running for president. And, you know, he comes across as a moderate. People call him a moderate. But he's going to be running on climate change, health care, and gun control. Now, just look at all three of those things, Steve. The real question is, it's the bottom line principle, is freedom versus force. And Hickenlooper, all these things, climate change, health care, and gun control, he believes that that government should be in charge, that that they can force their ideology on everyday people. And uh, you'd made an interesting comment uh, regarding kind of his moderate stance. There is really no moderation in that. I don't think so. He comes across as a aw shucks, golly gee, Don, John Denver type. And with apologies to John Denver, I, I just don't think that's what goes on behind closed doors. No, I think that's for sure. And so let's keep an eye on that. You're going to see, I think, all of these Democrat candidates run to the left which in a way is a gift. Uh, the veil is off now. We understand exactly what the issues are and we need to, we need to understand them. We need to be able to articulate them to ourselves and then we need to be able to articulate them to our friends and family as well. Because I believe that we are in the fight for the American idea. 
and um, you know we need to we need to be in the fight. You can't just be sitting on the sidelines. So first first news item, I find this absolutely fascinating. A masterpiece cake shop owner Jack Phillips and the state of Colorado call a truce. Uh, Colorado has uh, dropped their uh, determination against him regarding. Uh, let me get right here to the the actual headline. It says the state of Colorado and masterpiece cake shop owner Jack Phillips have mutually agreed to end ongoing state and federal court litigation, the Colorado Attorney General's office said Tuesday. The Colorado Civil Rights Commission will dismiss administrative action against Phillips, and Phillips will withdraw his federal court case against the case. After careful consideration of the facts, both sides agreed it was not in anyone's best interest to move forward with these cases, Attorney General Phil, uh, Phil Weiser said. Steve, this is really, really important. First of all, if you take a look at this, the Colorado Civil Rights Commission used administrative action to basically try to put Jack Phillips out of business because he would not affirm an ideology or a religion, if you will, that the Colorado Civil Rights Commission said that he needed to to do. But it was administrative action. And so this is all coming through without um, really due process. And so Jack Phillips then went on on the uh, offense. <clears throat> you know, he won the <clears throat> court, the Supreme Court case uh, regarding the the two guys that came in and asked that he bake a cake for their gay wedding. He respectfully declined that he could not do that because that was not in line with his beliefs. And so they ran to the Civil Rights Commission, and the Civil Rights Commission said, "Hey, if you don't bake these cakes." then you can't bake any wedding cakes. And he lost 40% of his business. And this is really a property rights issue. If we have a government that comes in and says, if you do not affirm what we say you need to affirm, I say a religion, if you do not affirm that, then we will use the force of law or the force of administrative law to shut you down. And I don't care where you are on the political spectrum or how you feel about the particular issue of gay marriage. Uh, the free market can take care of this question. It it should not be administrative government coming in and trying to force something. The free market could could address the situation. Jack could say, no, I can't do that. The couple could go to another baker uh, that would bake a cake for their gay wedding celebration. And so Jack keeps his business, the couple gets their cake, and a new business, a different business, is able to have more in sales. So the free market can address these questions, not, you know, not a commission, not administrative law, but the free market can address these. But it's really about freedom versus force, Steve. Well, we got to watch our time here. But you really want to think that uh, the state maybe has learned a lesson here, and everything's going to be mellow, yellow, or you know, mellow, mellow from here on out. But keep an eye out. Is this just yeah. setting up something else that they have up their sleeve? Stand by. Oh, I, oh yeah. Um, I think the fact that Jack went on the offense and he actually sued the state of Colorado is what, what got us to this point. But I, again, my friends, we need to be very caught. We, be, we need to be afraid that in Colorado that the Civil Rights Commission will be looking for people to shut down if you do not agree with what they have to say. And there's so many different things out there that we're going to be having fights on. So the next thing is the red flag bill. 
And many of you know that, that this is a, a bill that is, has been introduced down at the State House regarding, uh, you know, the, basically if somebody is uh, maybe an old girlfriend or a family member or somebody that has lived in a household thinks that somebody is a danger, then they can go to a judge and present the case without, without the person that owns the weapons or the uh, firearms to even know it, can make the case that this person is crazy or dangerous and uh, if the judge determines that there is some supposed merit to that case, then then basically law enforcement can come in, come and knock on the door and take the accused person's firearms away without any due process. And uh, so let's see here. Uh, Moffat County has now joined uh, in and they're going to become a sanctuary county for uh, the Second Amendment. And then the Mesa County Sheriff made a very interesting point. Mesa County Sheriff Matt Lewis said in a recent Facebook post that he's trying to prevent the so-called red flag bill from becoming law. The sheriff says the bill does not make law enforcement professionals or Colorado citizens safer. And I will continue to work to find an alternate solution to assist those in crisis without targeting firearms. Now, Steve, if somebody is in a situation where they are so dangerous that their firearms need to be taken away, I would submit to you that the person needs to be extricated from that home or, or uh, versus taking his firearms. Because if they're that dangerous, there's knives. They could run over um, somebody with um, a car. They could strangle them. So if they're that dangerous, then they need to be dealt with, not taking away the firearms. So this is really an assault upon everyday law-abiding citizens being able to keep their uh, their firearms and that if, in fact, they would be taken away, there's no due process. So this is very, very important. Yeah, you're going you know, to the next level of thinking, which, you know, they're not. I mean, in this wording of this thing, what you just said true is true. If the person is that much of a danger, then there's many different methodologies at their disposal. And I, I just don't think they, they worded this very well. No, for sure. Well, they worded it the way they wanted to. But uh, what they say they wanted to do and what really will happen are two different things. We're going to go to break here in just a minute. I just wanted to mention one other thing. They're out in Aurora. There's a facility for illegal immigrant detainees, and there seems to be a mumps and chicken pox outbreak there as well. So let's keep an eye on that. But before we go to break, uh, it is, uh, it's March, and um, I love sports. Individuals march. They're working hard to be the best they can be to compete and to win or lose. And Hooters Restaurants is my sports headquarters. The Nuggets, the Avs, and baseball spring training is right around the corner. And March Madness, as a KU basketball fan, I love March Madness. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Well, Hooters is the place to watch the games. Hooters specials start at $10 for a draft and 10 boneless wings. And did you know that Hooters wings can fly? You can have Hooters wings delivered right to your doorstep. When the girls come over on Wednesday nights, I order Hooters new smoked wings. They're delicious and only half the calories. The girls love them, so order your Hooters wings to go or have them delivered right to your front door. More information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. And let them know that you know the AmeriChicks. We will be right back. All AmeriChick sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. 
The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn about the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. Social media is important to the AmeriChicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where I dissect the issues, news, politics, and opinion as right versus wrong. Instead of right versus left, agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com. Sign up for my emails. I'll keep you apprised of the upcoming guest topics and important events. I'm the AmeriChicks on Facebook and Twitter as well, offering a conservatarian perspective. I am so pleased to have in studio with me Susan Kochevar, the owner of the historic 88 Drive-In Theater. It's great to have you here, Susan. Thanks, Kim. Thanks for inviting me. You know, you do a lot of great things. And, uh, you know, one of the things you just recently did is you were the presenting sponsor for Vino and Veritas, the study of the Federalist Papers, last month. And uh, it was quite an evening, wasn't it? It really was. And lots and lots of folks. I was so happy to see that turnout, people interested in studying the arguments that were made to get the people of New York and the rest of the colonies, actually, states to um, ratify that second Continental Congress Convention. And I'm learning so much. And Dr. Cranawitter has put together uh, a, a complete year to go through the Federalist Papers. Uh, and this particular group is meeting on the fourth Monday of each month. Demand has been so great, Susan, that possibly this month uh, they will open up another Vino and Veritas. So if you are interested, get on the wait list so that we can assess just what the demand is. And we are assessing demand and then we'll supply uh, additional programs. And if it is, it's just a rich, rich evening. It really is. And I highly recommend small businesses support uh, the program and sponsor it. You know, we, we sponsored uh, the last month and it, it's just so much fun. And you got a whole basket of goodies too, didn't you? I did. I got a chicken purse. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, you are a guest chick, you know, so that's awesome. So let's, let's talk about some of these other things then. Uh, I mean, you I, you must not sleep, Susan, because first of all, as a small business owner, it's not a nine to five, 40 hour a week kind of job. I mean, it's a lot of work. Yeah. When you, anybody that has a small business, you're never away from it. You're home in the evening. You're thinking about it, whatever you're doing. You're, you're out somewhere and you get, oh, that's a great idea. You know, I'll mm -hmm. do that. Um, so yeah, you're never away from it. And the other thing is you have a real heart for the American idea. I mean, you step up. Uh, you have uh, run for uh, the state house here in Colorado. Uh, you are very active in a number of different organizations. You, you truly are kind of that embodiment of that 
engaged citizen, that American idea. And uh, so one of these things, interestingly enough, it was in The Hill, you know, which is one of the uh, publications out of Washington, D.C., where a lot of people get their news. And looking at it, and all of a sudden I see that you're being quoted. And, and it was regarding this Job Creators Network. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I got involved in Job Creators Network quite a while ago, and they've just been growing and growing. And they help employers, small businesses actually, um, get their voice out. Us tiny guys, you know, nobody really, very few people, I think, really understand how to run a small business and what actually happens to us. And so it's very important to explain to legislators and others what it's like to run a small business, the things that affect us. And so I really like to advocate for small businesses, those People that have the idea to go out and start a small business, those are the hopes and the dreams of Americans. And those are the things that keep us from being a class society. So what do you you mean by that, a class society? Well, you can be, be born in whatever economic level and have an idea and go after that idea and create a business and become as wealthy as you like, where in some countries, when you're born in a particular class, you're stuck there. Like like India, kind of. Like India. You know, we're not supposed to be a class society. That was the promise of America, that you could could live your hopes and dreams, and, and sometimes you fail, but you still have those opportunities. Those are the things I fight for. Well, and if you don't have the opportunity to fail, then you don't have the opportunity to succeed. Right, and you don't have the opportunity to learn either. I've learned a lot from the failures. That's for sure. Uh, Well, so Job Creators Network, if I remember right, wasn't it founded by the guy uh, that founded Home Depot? It was founded by Bernie Marcus, and he often joins us on the phone calls, and uh, he understands the impact of regulation and taxation and what it's like to be an employer. So he's put his money in this and got uh, got um, Job Creators Network up and running. They do a few things. One of the things they do is help employers to talk to their employees. They put together uh, materials so that you can explain public policy and how it's impacting those employees' paychecks. And they... If you go to their website, they have videos that explain what FICA is and how that works in an employee's paycheck. They have a whole bunch of videos um, that really teach your employees things. So it's a good network to join. But the other really important thing they do is help give tiny guys like me a voice. So you know, they help you write articles and get them put into newspapers, which nice. is how I got okay. into the Hill. Uh, two years ago, they flew me back to Washington, D.C., to stand on the steps of the IRS. That's frightening. Oh, my. So what were you doing there? I was advocating for that first round of tax cuts that went through. This really helped small businesses and set our economy uh, off in a very good direction. So the tax cuts, you know, we had Jason McBride on with Presidential Wealth Management, and he went through and ran the numbers. And it's a pretty significant tax cut for the middle class, which is exciting. But there has been pushback in the media. They've said that, oh, the Trump tax cuts, people are not getting as large a refund as they used to. And what has happened, though, they probably were taking more money home each month in their paycheck. But as we were chatting about this, you said that uh, employers are getting a bad rap. Yeah, I saw in some of the mainstream media articles that said, well, your employer is not withholding enough. Well, that 
is not the responsibility of the employer. In fact, by law, you are not allowed to give your employees tax advice. The employee has to take a W-4, refill it out if they want to change their withholding and give it to the employer. And you can do that anytime you want, and your employer will change that for you. But um, people don't understand how withholding works. And so they, you know didn't know to do it and um, change their withholding. So in essence, what happened? They didn't change their withholding and, and whoops, under the t- uh, Trump tax cuts, uh, then in essence, um, I guess less was less was withheld, right? Is that what would ha- have happened? So since mm-hmm. less was withheld, they should have had more money in their pocket. Yes. But then at the end of the year, they don't get a larger refund because because of that. Right. But in essence, ideally, I think you would try to... And, and you know what? It's not the employer's responsibility. Mm-mm. It's the employee's responsibility and to, to try to figure this out. But ideally, if you can get your tax liability to zero... To zero. That w- means that that's about the exact amount that you're supposed to, to be... To be paying because you've paid in all year. If you get that, what you're going to owe when you file your taxes to zero, then um, you've done a pretty good job. You have. You have not given the government a tax-free loan. You know, a lot of people, I think, look at that, oh, I got money back. Well, that was actually your money that you could and should have had. And if you save it or invest in something, you get a return on your money. If you just, you know, pay too much in withholding, the government's just holding on to your money. And if you really need access to it, you can't get it until the end of the year. That's true. That's true. Whereas if you can get, and when I said get it to zero, I meant that you you pay your taxes for sure. But that liability at the end of the year would be zero. And that's an excellent point. There's no liquidity with this tax-free loan that you're giving the government. And and even after you file your taxes, you're not quite sure when you're going to get that money back. So ideally, you do want to get that to zero. So a lot of the uh, major networks have been pushing this narrative and kind of whining that that people are saying the the Trump tax cuts were not good. But in essence, it sounds like it's been really great for, for them. And small business, have you seen that it's been good for you too? It has. So what happened is people had more money in their paychecks, even if they didn't realize it, and they had more spending money. And that's what's really helped kick up our economy. And I saw it in my per capita spending in my snack bar. My customers had just that much more money to spend, and that's what happened. I worked it out, and it looked like um, if you earned, I think it was a gross $1,500 a week, you had about $50 extra per paycheck for an, a, an employer that pays you every two weeks, if that makes sense. Wow. Okay. And so you saw that as a small business person, and then you're able to pay your employees, and uh, oh, that's just awesome. Susan, I think that we'll go to break. When we come back, uh, there's you really keep an eye on what's happening right here in Colorado down at the State House, and there's some things to chat about that could really affect small businesses there. So I'm t- this is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. I'm talking with Susan Kochevar, owner of the historic 88 Drive-In Theater. We'll be right back because we're going to talk about this right to rest. Hey, Jason McBride over at Presidential Wealth Management. Uh, I've heard on Wall Street, the man who cannot change his mind will soon have no change to mind. Well, I would agree with that. Uh, that was said by William Gann, who was a technical analyst from 19 or 1878 through 1955. You know, another guy who maybe said it more succinctly was Will Rogers, and he said, even if you're on the right track, you'll get run over if you just sit there. And I think both of those quotes make an awful lot of sense, uh, especially when you're investing. Nothing continues to go 
in one direction forever. And nothing that's good stays good forever. And while we should uh, have a long-term perspective while we invest, that doesn't mean that you you never make changes or that if if part of your investments that were doing well start to do poorly, it doesn't mean you can't make changes and adjustments while still having a long-term overall perspective. So it's important to probably not just look at this every day, every minute, but I think what you're saying is more of a, a kind of a disciplined approach to looking at things, correct? Yeah, I think discipline is a good word and also a realistic approach. Uh, some of the biggest losses that you're ever going to have are when logic goes away and now you're just hoping and praying that something's going to change. That's where your biggest losers come from. Uh, bottom line, sometimes you need to sell. Sometimes you might even need to sell at a small loss and move on. Okay, that's probably pretty hard for people to do. So if folks would like to have another set of eyes to take a look at you know, the very important part of their life, their nest egg, uh, the folks over at Presidential Wealth Management can really help out with that. So be sure and check out Chick's presidential.com that's chickspresidential.com that's our own landing page with the whole team over there at presidential wealth management phone number is 303-694-1600 303-694-1600 and uh, the whole group over there can help you with anything and uh, it's really important to plan for the future so thank you so much jason mcbride thanks kim work with mortgage professionals who will give you quick and accurate financial advice Home Mortgage Alliance has the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financial options available to you. The mortgage process can be stressful, and as interest rates rise, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure that you're making the right financial choice for you and your family. 303-888-2732. Kim and Mark will remain available to you 24-7 to help you through the process. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim and Mark with Home Mortgage Alliance today, 303-888-2732. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best with well-priced, made-to-measure clothes that fit a busy lady's lifestyle. Gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Dissecting the news, politics, and opinion is right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, Americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails. I will keep you apprised of all the upcoming guests, topics, and important events. And follow and like me on Facebook and Twitter. I offer you a conservatarian perspective. Thrilled to have in studio with me today, Susan Kochevar. Uh, Susan is an entrepreneur. She is the owner of the 8A Drive-In Theater, and she is is tireless 
in standing for the American idea. It's so great to have these conversations with you, Susan. Thank you. Okay, and you're going to be opening soon. We are, yes. Hopefully March 22. Kind of depends on weather. So March 22 to April 5th, somewhere in there. Um, I certainly plan to be open on April 5th. There's a great picture coming out called Shazam. Go look at the trailer. It's so cute. Okay. Well, you know, Susan, I, I've got to think that if, in fact, the politicians and pundits and bureaucrats can tell us what the temperature is going to be in 100 years, they should be able to tell you what the weather's going to be like on the 22nd. But that's not the case, is it? No, it doesn't work that way. And so <laughs> I just had to make a little snarky, you know, comment regarding global warming on that. So anyway, uh, let's talk about something that is happening right here in Colorado. There has been legislation regarding right to rest. And then we've also seen that the Denver City Council is talking about right to rest. And this could be really hard on small businesses. But Susan, explain to our listeners what right to rest is, because I mean, off the cuff, it kind of sounds compassionate. It does, yeah. Well, it's legislation that we've seen for a few years running, and it it kind of gives special rights to people who are homeless. Uh, And of course, I always argue we don't need any special rights. We all have equal rights. Agreed. Very important. And we also have something called property rights. That plays into this too. And it's not that I, you know, don't feel bad for people who are homeless and are, are down on their luck. That's It's really sad, and um, there are a lot of programs that the state has and that the city of Denver has to help these folks. Uh, is there more that could be done? Possibly. But now, now, just my, my point on that, we do have a lot of programs for the homeless. Mm-hmm. I actually think that it has become a business for many bureaucrats and politicians because the more money that we put towards the homeless, it seems like the more homeless that we have. And uh, that's probably another discussion. But in some ways, I feel that government is enabling this homelessness and agreed instead of equal rights where we're all treated the same under the law. Uh, in rules and regulations, there are special rights. And what you're talking about now with this right to rest is special rights for homeless people. That's right. And we've seen this gigantic push in certainly San Francisco to help the homeless. And that's really increased the problem. And, you know, they've had to hire sanitation people to clean up the human waste. It's astonishing. It is. It's trashing these beautiful cities. It is. And it it destroys the small businesses, which is kind of what we're seeing now on the um, 16th Street Mall. There is a bakery called the Corner Bakery. And these people wanted someone in the Corner Bakery to sign a petition that would go to the Denver Partnership or to the city council, I guess, to make it easier for people to camp in front of their store. Well, when you have homeless people camping in front of your store, then you have all the essentially garbage in front of your store, and you're trying to sell food. And when you're talking garbage, you're talking about, you know, the wrappers and... and uh, cardboard. Cardboard and all that stuff. And human yeah. waste. You, you cannot run a bakery with that going on. And um, those people intend to intimidate customers also, and, and they smell bad. And so um, it's making it difficult to, to run that business. And you know, the corner bakery employs people. These are people who are working, going to school. They need their jobs. They, they, you know, prevents them from being homeless. So, um, that's a good point. Yeah. A job does, does help prevent people from being homeless. Yeah. It helps prevent that. So we, we, um, so the, 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 the corner bakery has sort of been under siege and I would recommend going and having breakfast down there. So to support them until this gets worked out, 
But um, now under siege because there's so many people camping in front of them or under siege because they didn't sign this uh, petition or what? Because they didn't sign the petition. Really? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Tell us. So the Corner Bakery um, has made a plea uh, to stop this siege. You know, I guess they're sort of. Um, protesting every Sunday morning out in front of the corner bakery and making it very hard for them to make money. And, you know, these are folks who have invested a lot of money into a business, and it takes a lot to keep it going. It does. And that's not right. Um, To that point, just very quickly, I think that uh, people that have never created a job, they don't understand the risk that is involved. Mm -hmm. And I think that they, they look at, like, if they buy a popcorn at your place, Somehow, I think that they think that you get all the money for that popcorn, but you don't. No. Because you had to buy the popcorn, you had to get the licenses, you pay your employees. But I think that's why they think that that uh, employers are like this um, big daddy war bucks, you know, with all this money. And the margins are actually pretty darn small. They are pretty small. And when you get things like minimum wage, and I have to, which is a, you know, wages are a huge portion of your expenses. All my wages go up for my employees. So do all the matching taxes. And then my suppliers, all of their wages go up also. So their uh, product, cost of their products go up. So I have to pay more for all of that. So it's all a giant trickle up effect. And um, you're always, always thinking about your business and how to cut costs and how to keep things going and how to pay your people. And, you know, so um, the right to rest is very concerning because um, having these people being able to camp out in front of all these businesses. So right to rest, what what is it exactly? What are they saying that I I think I've kind of heard that it's like any public property Mm -hmm. that anybody would have the right to rest there. So in essence, if you have a public sidewalk, if you have a sidewalk in front of your house, they could do that there as well. Yes. At junk cars, you know, you could, you know, sleep in those. And I understand sometimes people sleep in their their cars because they're, they're just out of down their luck. A lot of times they're working still and trying to get jobs, but... Um, just being able to camp anywhere is is not right like that because it costs the public so much more to take care of those spaces. There, you know, it's not like it's a zero cost. Well, and you mentioned all of these programs for the homeless, uh, particularly in Denver, in many of these big cities. Mm-hmm. And and instead of it it helping the the issue. We're seeing the cities are getting trashed. You mentioned San Francisco, and uh, yeah, my understanding is is that there's needles on the uh, on the you know, sidewalks in, in public spaces. You mentioned there's human waste. Uh, I, I look at San Francisco and I'm thinking, my gosh, it was a beautiful city, mm-hmm. and now what's happening is people don't want to go there. Right. And the other thing that is happening in these cities, it's what socialism does, is where you then have the haves. And they have not. So you have the haves that are getting big salaries because they're trying to fix these problems, supposedly, for the have-nots down here. And they got to have the they have to have the have-nots stay there. They can't have the upward mobility of moving into the middle class. It's a very sad state of affairs. I hardly ever go into downtown Denver anymore. A couple of reasons: is they're constricting parking. Yep. They're constricting your ability to get down there, and so I hardly go down there. But one of the main reasons is is I don't feel safe like I used to, and it's really really dirty. Yeah, it's getting worse. One of the things I came across was the city of Houston, who is working to get rid of their homeless problem, and they. Uh, looked at uh, 
what it took to get people off of the streets. And they found there were something like 150 steps these people had to take if they wanted to get off the streets. And a lot of it was just sheer regulation. So they could, Really? Yeah. They cut it back to about, I think, 50 steps, which still seems like a lot. But um, they... <laughs> Duh, yeah? They been, yeah. Well, you know, you have... You know, sometimes they don't have their IDs. They don't have birth certificates. You, you know, they don't have a telephone number to get a an apartment or a job. I mean, there's a lot of but they can vote issues. Yeah. <laughs> so um, they have been working to cut that back, and it's been very effective. They got a lot of people off the street, and then they uh, made a place for homeless people to stay. But they could only they limited the amount of stuff they could have in a space and and where that was. So they're working uh, actually to really truly help the homeless people. So um, look up the city of Houston and and see what they're doing, because I think that's a a good tactic. You know, Susan, it's been a a journey for me regarding, uh, you know, I I used to, you know, be so concerned about homeless. You saw all these uh, different projects. You saw little kids doing things for the homeless. And then I, around Christmas time one year, I went down and served at a, a soup kitchen and then helped with uh Oh, there was like snow boots and things like that. And a couple of things. I realized that actually I think that some of the people preferred that lifestyle. You yeah, know, we used to call, call them hobos, mm-hmm. you know. And and then the other thing I realized that there really is a network because I overheard them saying when they came in and we were helping them choose their boots, uh, you know, they they were talking to each other and they're like, oh, out in Golden on Wednesday, they're going to be serving chili. You know, and so it's kind of like they, you know, there was a little network there. And so I've thought more and more about it. And then, you know, when you're sitting at the light and there's the person there with the cardboard sign looking at you. And I'm first of all thinking that's very entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. you know, and they, in essence, are kind of working. But instead of of just asking for money, because when you just give somebody somebody money, you're in essence saying you don't have anything of value that I'm willing to trade my money for. I'm just going to give you money. Right. And I think there's real dignity. Now, certainly there's some people that just can't help themselves. But but I think there's real dignity in saying you do something of value and I will give you my, you know, something of value to me. And I've thought it would be a great idea if for every homeless person on the corner that they were there with a garbage bag, a dustpan and a broom. And if that corner was the best looking corner, if they were striving for excellence, making that a great looking quarter corner with no trash or anything, I think I'd be willing to give them a little money. But I've decided that I'm not doing uh, giving money right now because I want to exchange value for value. Yeah, I figure the best thing I can do is offer people jobs. And, you know, we were talking in the other segment about opportunity and small business and stuff like that. We have so many regulations now that it makes it very hard for those people to even succeed. Say it's a hot day and they go to King Supers and they get uh, bottles of water and want to stand on the corner and sell them to drivers for a profit. Oh, no, no. You don't have a business license. You don't have a health department license, all this other stuff. You can't do it. But that's a great way for them to make money. I would so respect that. And what have we done? We've pushed them all off. All the newspaper guys, anybody's, you know, standing on the corner trying to sell anything. Um, and I actually got this idea from a kid who worked for me. He used to live in California. And on hot days, that's what he would do. He would go down and sell bottles of water until, you know, the regulars would come run him off. Uh, he also had a friend who had this giant pet snake. And they <laughs> go down on the street and let people pet the snake for money and take their picture with it until they got run off and they go somewhere else. Those are the things that 
you know, people make money, they're entrepreneurial, and, and with so many regulations, they can't go out and just start something and make money. You have given me a thought. Let's go to break. When we come back, let's talk about if you give something away for free or if you actually charge for it, what happens. So this is Kim Munson with the Americhicks. I'm talking with Susan Kochevar, the owner of the historic 88 Drive-In Theater, which will be opening soon. We'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. As a Colorado representative to the National Board of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. I'm having a great conversation with Susan Kochevar. She is the owner of the 88, the historic 88 Drive-In Theater, and you will be opening very soon. We will, hopefully March 22nd, but we, you know, depending on weather. We'll see. So be sure and check out my website. We'll have uh, your landing page there, and you can find out about that. So that'll be great. You In this last segment, there was so much in there. First thing, I just wanted to mention something about what you do for the homeless is you give people jobs. Mm-hmm. Susan, I think one of the most compassionate things a person can ever give another person is a job. And you as a small business person, you're on the front lines doing that. You, you hire a lot of young people, uh, which that first job really sets people on success. They learn how to work with folks. They know how to learn how to give change. Uh, it's just so important, this job. And one of the things that's making it more difficult is the forced minimum wage mm-hmm. for employers like you. Absolutely. As you know, uh, payroll, as I think I mentioned before, is one of a business's biggest expenses. And one of the things that people don't realize is that Social Security and Medicare, the employer matches that. And it's a percentage of payroll. So when your payroll goes up, your minimum wage goes up, you know, that percentage goes up also. So your expenses really rise. So it's more like this year, it's more than a 90 cent increase in minimum wage. And the thing I find so sad is these kids that work for me, they don't understand how um, payroll works. They don't understand. A lot of people don't. They don't understand when they even fill out that uh, W-4 you know, that thing is so confusing. They have no idea what that means. Uh, people don't understand withholding. So, And by law, you said that uh, you can't give them tax advice. Right. Okay, most interesting. So just wanted to make that point that uh, these, these rules and regulations, you know, maybe they sound like they're compassionate on, you know, when you're passing these, like this forced minimum wage, but in essence, it hurts people. And uh, as you mentioned, one of the most compassionate things you can do is give another person a job. But you were talking about rules and regulations in this last segment, and you uh, had mentioned an entrepreneur that you knew that was uh, actually on hot days buying cool water and then was standing on a corner and selling them. And then you said the regulars, regulators ran them off. Mm-hmm. But if he was giving them away for free and not making any money, uh, he would have had his expense to have to go buy that water. But if he gave them away for free, 
then in essence, the regulators would have no problem, right? That's right. It is astounding to me. There's that story of the hair braider. I think that's a Job Creators Network story maybe as well. But there was a woman that was doing hair braiding. She, I think she had immigrated from you know, Africa, someplace in Africa. And she was really good at hair braiding. Yep. And a lot of her friends really liked that. And so she thought, you know what? How about if I do some hair braiding in my home and I can make some money and start to do better for myself and my family? And guess what? The regular the regulator said, you don't have a hair braiding license, and so you cannot hair braid. But then I thought about it. If she was braiding her friend's hair for free, mm-hmm. no problem. No problem. So what these policies do is they actually stifle innovation, creativity, entrepreneurship, people being able to have upward mobility, upward economic mobility. Uh, and I can't quite understand why they don't get it. That's right. That gal would have to go get a uh, beauty license, which would cost, I think it's about a year and a half in school, and I don't know, $12,000 or how much those those uh, classes cost. So she's trying to feed her family on a really fantastic, unique skill that she has. She can't do it. Um, it just holds people down in poverty. It really does. And the regulators, I mean, don't you think that the consumer can figure out the licensing? Like uh, the woman that does my hair, uh, I'm sure she has a license, but I don't go to her because she has a license. I go to her because she does a good, good job and she was referred, I was referred to her. And so I don't need the government having a license. To me, it, as you mentioned, it keeps people down. It keeps them from being able to have a free exchange of you do a good job. I know you do a good job. People have said, said that you do a good job. And so I'd like to hire you. Now, if you don't do a good job, then I'm not going to go back. That's right. And you, or you have it, depending on what you're doing, you have recourse through the courts. The whole idea of licensure, I think, gives people a false sense of security. They see their doctor has a license and they assume he's good. That doesn't necessarily mean he's good. Uh, we see a lot of teachers have licenses too. And lately there's been a lot of frightening things coming out of the out, public schools. Out of the public schools, you know, with these people who are licensed. So uh, licensure just really holds people down and gets people. People don't look into things as much as they should. They just false sense of security. Um, and I see, too, they were trying to pass. I don't think it was this year. I think it was last year. There's a bill that went through the legislature to try to license yoga instructors. That's right. And I think there was one in California for interior designers. I don't think we need a licensure for all this stuff. It costs a, t- a ton of money for these people who are just trying to work and, and make money. And But these licenses, these license fees, they help pay the salaries of the bureaucrats mm-hmm. that then come in and that they will then try to enforce uh, the, the licensure. The other problem with this, though, is then it allows politicians and bureaucrats to pick winners and losers Mm -hmm. because they can come in and check on one person, you know, and say that, uh, whatever, they're not matching up to a regulation, but they might turn a blind eye or not check out somebody else. So this guy over here, because they came in and checked things out, might get a fine where these people get a free pass. It's a very, very bad thing, but it's been sold to everyday individuals and you mentioned this as they take kind of comfort, they're licensed, so that means they're mm-hmm. good at it. That's not the case. Yeah, the, take for example the health department. People assume, oh, well, this business has been examined by the health department. Well, unless somebody's looking over your shoulder every second, they can't guarantee anything. And I had a kid that worked for me, and before he worked for me, he worked for uh, Taco Bell. And he said that... Um, you know, or I think it was a Taco Bell. It might have been a different business. I'm not sure. But 
the health department would come in and they would do things one way. And then when they would leave, they'd go back the old way because they couldn't get a taco out the window if they did it under the regulatory way. And people don't like to wait for their tacos. And people don't like to wait. They like to get through that drive through pretty fast, you know. So uh, it creates more problems. That, that's for sure. That's for sure. Well, Susan Kochevar, owner of the historic 88 Drive-In Theater, you will be opening soon. And uh, I'm always just kind of mesmerized at all that you have going on. We have just a few more minutes. What, what do you see looking into the future right now here in Colorado? Uh, are you concerned? What, what do you see? Terrified. We have a governor who was in front of an SEIU meeting uh, before the election. And that's, a, that's a union. Yep, it's a union. And he was recorded saying that he wants to put teeth in employment law, which means he wants to criminalize employment law and jail employers. That's frightening to me. Um, you know, one of the things I want to say about all those employment laws and employment in general, you have a big poster you have to put up in your business. And if you don't have that poster up, it's, it's a huge fine if uh, they come in and, and see that you don't have that sign up. But I think that is a piece of propaganda. But for us, the government, your employer would do all this awful stuff to you. And that's not the case. I really like my employees and get along with them and um, want to see them do well. And it really irritates me that uh, we have to put these big signs up that well, and, and to that point, a wedge. I have a, a friend that actually had been working with a lot of different small businesses and had met a whole bunch of different small businesses. And she said out of all of those businesses, she only met one employer that was a jerk. And, you know, in there's some. Yeah. In humankind, there are going to be some jerks. But when you have upward mobility as, a, as an employee, then that means that if you are working for a guy that's a jerk, then you could actually work hard, you know, maybe go out and do, you know, get a, you know, different degree or a lot. Well, I'm going to say license, like, because I got my stockbroker's license. Mm -hmm. Um, But in essence, uh, you could go out and and get a different job is my point. And that ultimately, that bad employer is probably going to go out of business eventually. Eventually they will. Yeah. If you don't serve your customers good food and take care of them, they will not come back. And if you don't treat your employees well, they're not going to work for you. No. And I love my employees that work really hard. And I'll tell you what, we have some really smart kids and they work really hard. Okay. And uh, so this is very concerning. Is there anything else down at the state legislature that's kind of working its way through that you're concerned about? Well, there's a family leave uh, bill they've been talking about, and that's actually more nationally, but that, that kind of stuff will break the back of small businesses. There's so much coming through our legislature right now. It's like drinking uh, from a fire hose. And um, even the uh, oil and gas legislation that they're uh, talking about running is quite frightening. You know, anytime utility rates go up um, or, or energy rates go up, that costs businesses a lot of money, too. Anytime oil and gas price, uh, gas prices rise, all of my suppliers charge more money because everything's trucked. So these things are very concerning. And, uh, and then you're going to have to charge more. Yep. And uh, so people, it's fortunate that they, that they have more money in their pocket from the Trump tax cuts. However, these kinds of regulations and, and agendas that are happening in Colorado is then going to make things more expensive. And so you'll, you'll see some of that uh, benefit dissipate, unfortunately. So Susan Kochevar, it is just always so great to have a conversation with you. And uh, we we're talking about it. You're going to be opening, hopefully, on March 22nd, yeah. depending on the weather. And then kind of that's the soft opening and then a hard opening probably right around April 5th. Yes. Okay. And uh, do you know any movies that are coming out? Um, 
There's so many. Uh, they kind of all run together after a little while. But we're looking at forward to opening on April 5th for sure. And this is our 43rd season. I want to make sure I say that. Well, that, years. that is very exciting. And this movie Shazam, you've mentioned that. Mm-hmm. That sounds like that's going to be fun. So that's going to possibly be in your repertoire? That's what I'm planning on opening with. So um, go and Google that. It looks like a super cute family picture. I like family pictures. So, And you know what I think we need to do? We need to do like Americhicks at 88 Drive-In Theater sometime this summer. That'd be fantastic. Okay, so we will do that. So, Well, it's great having you here, Susan Kochevar. This is Kim Munson with the Americhicks. And Alexander Hamilton, I know you like Alexander mm-hmm. Hamilton. You sponsored uh, the one of the Federalist Papers, Vino and Veritas, he said, power over a man's subsistence is power over his will. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. Today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. God bless you, and God bless America. And I-